Pow! Welcome to Wrestling is Trash, the nonsensical podcast of wrestling opinions where the trash boys and sometimes trash girls cover the good, the bad, and the downright ugly of professional wrestling. I am your host for the evening, Lou from the BX, aka Dominican Lou, Louis Balboa, Pernil Man X, Louis Schmurda, XXXXL Tentacion. And I'm coming to you today, Solo Sokoa, as you can see. As my fellow trash boy Nick Anaselli is out on assignment doing his secret military vague shit that he likes to do every once in a while. But in any event, the show must go on. Now, before we proceed with the show, um, I'd like to take a second to address something that some of you might be wondering about. So, as many of you noticed the past few weeks, the only real trashman of the show, Dan the Mayor Dinkins, has been on an extended leave. He took this time to refocus his energy and kind of reevaluate his show and the direction that he was going in. Um, we kept the show moving in his absence. And after a few weeks, the three of us got together. We had a quick chat about things and the direction of the show. And with that, Dan has decided to step away from the show on a permanent basis. Now, we 100% support Dan's decision, and we look forward to seeing him relaunch his brand of the Starting Five podcast, the mayor's office, and whatever else that he wants to set up. Uh, myself and Nick are super grateful for Dan and all the hard work that he put into the show, including that banger of a theme song you just heard and you've been hearing the last 10 or so episodes. Um, we hope that we can take that ball that Dan passed to us and keep running with it. Um, and for now, what that means with the current show is um, Nick and I are going to continue to kind of do what we've been doing with our weekly shenanigans. And we hope that those of you who are here because of Dan uh, will continue to give us a listen as the show will continue to be ongoing and growing. It'll be a little different. Um, but it will still have that trash boy spirit. So Dan is always welcome home. He already knows that. And he'll be dropping his own content very soon. We wish him all the best. And we continue to support that man and everything he chooses to do now and in the future. And uh, yeah, I just thought we should kind of address that in case anyone was wondering, where, where the fuck is Dan? That's where Dan is. So you can catch him on his socials when you catch him on TikTok, starting five. Actually, I think he just changed his name on there. So it might be Dan the mayor. Uh, but you know where to find him. Just click on any of our links and you'll end up finding him. Search the Sergeant Five podcast. You'll get to his page and you'll be able to follow all his activities. And with that, guys, let's uh, let's kind of just jump right into the show. Like I said at the beginning of the show, Nick is off on assignment. And I am here to hold the show down for you guys. So hopefully you enjoy this episode like you've been enjoying the past few episodes. And uh, I hope I don't fuck this up. I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. So, you know, again, we like to start the show off with a little bit of news roundup. And really, the only thing I find myself wanting to talk about is this William Regal situation. Now, according to reports, William Regal is departed AEW. He's gone. He is no longer part of AEW. Blackpool Combat Club. Don't know if that's going to continue to be a thing. I don't know if they're going to keep that name, if they're going to rebrand it. Like I said, they should start calling themselves the Death Riders. But that's just me, because, of course, we do like to book our own shit on this show. But in case you haven't heard, um, multiple reports have come out about William Regal that he had an early out in his contract when he signed with AEW. Now, from what I understand, and again, we don't do rumors and innuendo on this show. 
But from what I understand and from what I've read, Regal had a three-year deal with an optional out every year of the deal. So what I find weird about it, though, is that the option was if Triple H is to take power, I can opt out. (laughs) What a fucking super specific thing to ask for. Like, not, you know, if I'm unhappy or if I just miss my son or if I just want to go back home, I can opt out. No. If I'm having mental difficulties, I can opt out. No. Specifically, if Triple H takes power of WWE, I want to opt out. That's a very weird, specific thing to put in a contract. But supposedly, that's what happened. So, um, again, if at any point Triple H came into power, he would be able to opt out. Now, look, for me, I... I have a lot of different kind of thoughts about this thing. Now, as far as AEW concerns, I feel like this is uh, people are there's some people who are like not a big deal. And then there's some people who are like clowning because, yeah, he's leaving to go back to the real show, real WWE, AEW sucks, stupid fucking infighting. Um, I feel like this is a pretty. I feel like this is a big loss for AEW. It's not even. I don't have no other thought other than that. William Regal has 40, 50 years of wrestling experience from all over the world. Um, he's been in WCW. He's been in WWE. I think he took a piss break in ECW for something. Um, this man has wrestled all over the world. He's respected all over the world by wrestlers everywhere. And, you know, you don't just bring William Regal in to be a manager. Like, yeah, he works in that position. But if I was running a wrestling company and I had all this discretionary funds and I was looking to sign people and I saw that William Regal was fired. I 100 percent would reach out to him and be like, dude. What can I do to get you in my company? I need you. Um, I need your expertise. I need your guidance. I need your wrestling brain. I need to pick it. All of those things. And I don't know what Tony Khan does, you know, in his backstage area. I don't know. I'm assuming it's chaos back there. I really don't know what he, he how he runs things. I know that several different wrestlers there have like schools and camps and there's cliques and stuff like that people kind of gravitate to do their own thing over there i don't know if they have per se their own like performance center um but if i was signing william regal knowing what he did for wwe with nxt black and gold i 100 would have tried to set something like that up i if I if they don't have a performance center, I definitely would have tried to set up. It doesn't have to be an offshoot brand of AEW, but definitely somewhere where the talent can get together. And again, they they probably have that. I I, I don't know for sure. I, I'm again, I don't know the inner workings of these things. But you put Regal, you don't have to put him in charge of it, but he should definitely be. Uh, someone who is one of the people in charge of that. And then if you want to have him on camera doing stuff and flirting with Excalibur and 
making faces at different wrestlers and scowling at them and shit. Cool. If that's what he wants to do. But from what I understand, he doesn't want to be traveling all around everywhere. Um, part of the reason why he's supposedly going back to WWE is because he his home is in Florida, right by the Performance Center. And he can go back there and continue to do that job and be paid very well and be around his family and be around his son, who's going to be, you know, I think he's going to be a big deal one day. Um, and I understand that. I understand from Regal's point of view, like why he would want to do that. You know, there's there's been reports of um, certain wrestlers not looking for mentorship from William Regal. And uh, him feeling a way about that. There's also been reports from less than favorable people saying that uh, Regal said when he joined AEW, he immediately regretted his decision because of immaturity in management in AEW. Now, this report came out and I wanted to go and see where this came from and apparently it came from ec3 so that right there should tell you that's bullshit and this is something that i saw a couple days ago i think it was on sunday when i saw that actual thing the ec3 on um i believe it was uh vince russo's podcast this is another asshole um <laughs> uh he was on his show and for some reason, he was telling William Regal's side of the story in this situation. I don't understand why. I don't I don't get it. I don't know why EC3 is out here speaking for William Regal. Um, but when I saw that video, I was like, yeah, okay. I I, I didn't I didn't finish it. I didn't, I maybe got in 15 seconds of that shit, and I just you know listen, EC3 is one of those dudes who like he had a lot of promise. When he was in NXT, I was actually pretty excited about him being there because I liked his stuff in Impact. And I thought he was pretty much the total package. I thought he had the great look. He had a great moveset. He could talk his ass off. And I don't know what happened to that dude, but he's he can go control his narrative somewhere else. I don't need to see or hear from EC3 ever. Anyone taking EC3's word at face value in this situation is you're asking you're you reap what you sow with that because i don't i i saw that and was just like why the fuck is this guy talking <laughs> why is this guy talking and now come to come to say that there's there's reports now coming out saying that uh yeah we don't know what the fuck he's we don't know why he said that we have no clue that someone from regal's camp leaked that shit out i'm getting a little tired of camps too to be honest with you um Everybody's camp has something to say. We talked about this last week with CM Punk's camp not happy with the elite. Shut the fuck up with your camps. Um, look, at the end of the day, dude, aside from all the rumors and the innuendo, I feel like this is a big loss for AEW. You know, <sighs> AEW has been going through a couple of rough months. And I thought after this last pay-per-view, which was very good, that they kind of had a chance to press the reset button on things. And, um, you know, I'll go into some thoughts I have on some of the shows that went down last week in a second, but some of their booking decisions and some of the directions that they're going in 
I kind of feel like they're taking a step backwards. And in regards to William Regal, when you have someone of that ilk on your roster, you, and again, this is just me talking because I could be talking out of my ass. Maybe there was nothing that, you know, Tony Khan could do. Maybe there was just Regal wanted to go and there was nothing that he could do. So he just let him go. Again, we don't know that we won't know anything until tomorrow when Tony Khan has some press conference regarding ROH where he's going to answer some questions about this situation. So, um, of course, because on this show, things happen way too early or after the show airs. <laughs> so we'll find more out more about that tomorrow. But when you have people on, on your on your payroll, like William Regal and Dean Malenko and Jerry Lynn and Jericho and Sting and Arn Anderson, you... As a as a wrestler, as a performer, if if I was a wrestler on that roster and I'm backstage and I see Sting, I see Jeff Jarrett, I see Jay Lethal, I'm going to these guys for mentorship. I want to learn as much as I can from you guys because you've been doing this for decades. Dustin Reynolds, guys like this. That kind of experience is invaluable. Yeah, you can do cool shit. You can fucking jump from the ring to the top rope and springboard off of there into 15 people. That's really cool. But not going to these legends and not going to these just brilliant wrestling minds is asinine. It's uh, it's asinine, it's as a 10, and it's as 11. In my opinion, if I was a wrestler there, I would be trying to soak up all the information I can from them because they're not going to be around forever. Like you're seeing now with Regal, if everything's true and he leaves. Now that's gone and you have no access to that. So it, it, it would behoove these guys to take advantage of these legends when they can. So. That's about all I got to say about that. Let's talk about some Smackdown Rampage highlights, shall we? SmackDown last week. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on these shows because I know it was days ago. So in in terms of 2020, it might as well have been two years ago. But SmackDown was actually a very entertaining show. Ricochet has been restored. We have saved the Ricochet. Ricochet was in the throes of Vince McMahon's doghouse for many years. And he was thrown out there. And beaten and beaten and beaten repeatedly by the likes of Bobby Lashley and anyone else who towered over this man. They just sent Ricochet out there to die several, several times on TV. And it was sad because Ricochet is um, a tremendous talent, as you saw on Friday, if you watch SmackDown. He probably had one of his best matches ever with Santos Escobar in this world smackdown world cup final which he won they have restored ricochet triple h is now two for two he brought two wrestlers back from the dead already do shinsuke next please i'm begging you um go dig shinsuke nakamura up from wherever the fuck you're hiding him and restore this man please because that would be great to see but um for me that was the highlight of smackdown the ricochet and santos escobar match they actually gave this 
a lot of time. They let them go out there and have a nice flippy floppy match, the kind of match that would make Braun Strowman blush. And uh, they killed it. They seriously killed it. I think we saw Poison Ranas, Hurricane Ranas, saw Hurricane Rana outside from the fucking uh, the apron. Um, just a excellent match. And you never, I never get tired of seeing that 450 from uh, Ricochet. It's just a tremendous thing. Santos Escobar, I hate seeing him lose, especially since he's kind of like new, but you know, it's it's not gonna hurt him to to lose in a match of this magnitude because it was uh the match itself was so good that it's just you know the better man won this time, but he can always uh they can always do a rubber match with them and they can actually have them kind of fight forever if you really wanted to. And I think they can have if they have 10 matches in a row, I think nine of those 10 matches will be smackers. And uh, I'd like to see them go a couple more rounds. Pause. So that was great. Uh, everything Uso and, uh, you know, everything Uso and Sammy related was excellent. Um, Tegan Knox is back, guys. Cheer. Cheer for Tegan Knox. Cheer for Tegan Knox. Why weren't you cheering? Why were these people deathly silent? I'll tell you why. Because nobody fucking knows who Tegan Knox is. <laughs> Why does Triple H do this shit? Triple H, listen, not everybody watched NXT, bro. I watched it. I know who Tegan Knox is. But a lot of people don't. And it's obvious from the crowd reaction that she got running out there looking like she a fucking painter. Like she just got done painting uh, somebody's living room and shit with fucking overalls on and fucking 16 different colors in her hair she looked dumb uh you know you don't i think see things like that i think she would have been better served getting like a a video package like somewhere in the show where they could have shown like highlights of her maybe for like a week or two kind of build it up and then debut her and not just have her come out and expect people to go oh shit tegan knox i remember when Dakota Kai almost broke her leg and she disappeared for like a long time. Yay, Tegan Knox. Uh my favorite thing about Tegan Knox is her finisher. It's called the shiniest wizard, which is just a shiny wizard, but she calls it the shiniest wizard. So it's the shiniest. It's the shiniest of all the wizards. That's my favorite thing about <laughs> that's my favorite thing about Tegan Knox. I swear. I fucking love that. Um so yeah, that basically was SmackDown. I didn't really Oh, Gunther had a tremendous match on there also. And him and Ricochet stared each other down at the end of that uh, that main event, which I thought was really cool that they gave Ricochet Pyro. They let him stand up there with the trophy. Walter came out, posed with the title. They had a face-off. All this stuff is great. You, you, you're you making the Intercontinental title important again. You actually made this tournament feel like it was very important and... Uh, I applaud you, Triple H. I will not call you Papa H like some of these simps, but I I applaud you, Triple H. Good job. Uh, Rampage. Rampage was a little bit of a yuck sandwich uh, because they had a good opening, uh, a kind of good ending, and then most of everything else that was in between there was kind of trash. So... The problem with Rampage is the tape portion of it. It's not 
in this day and age, you cannot have a taped show and make it work, especially at 10 o'clock at night, dude. It's not working, bro. When when Rampage is live, I enjoy it because, you know, you don't know what's going to happen and, you know, you can enjoy a quick hour of uh, pretty good wrestling. But these tape shows, man, it, once with Twitter, like as soon as the results happen, they're all over the fucking Internet. You have a hard time not seeing the spoilers. They're all over your fucking feed. And it's at 10 o'clock. So if people already know what's going on, they're not going to stay up and watch that shit, which resulted in. Probably the worst. No, not even probably. It got the worst rating it's ever gotten since its inception. So, um, yeah, I I would really like for the show to be live and for it to be two hours and for it not to be at 10 o'clock. That's my wish for Rampage. Um, It needs to be a because they have more than enough people on their roster to do another two hour show. They really do. Um, But. I don't make the rules here. So two things I could get two things I could give less of a fuck about in AEW are QT Marshall and the best friends. Sorry, I like Orange Cassidy, but this best friend shit is run its course for me. Don't care. I don't give a shit about them. I don't give a shit about them hugging. I don't give a shit about Dan Housen being weird in the background. I don't care. So if you take those two things I don't like. And then you put them in the main event of a taped show. I'm probably not going to give a fuck and not give a fuck. I did. So I don't even think I watched the ending of it. I might have fallen asleep. I don't even remember. Um, but I just I, if you're going to tell me the main event of the show is Orange Cassidy versus QT Marshall. I'm not watching that, bro. I'm just not. I'm not going to fucking watch it. So that's something that they need to figure out because that, that, that's Orange Cassidy is awesome, but I don't really give a shit about the factory and QT and Aaron Solo and Comorato and Solo. None of these people. I don't care about them. I don't care. Um, you just uh, lumberjack match in the uh, who gives a fuck? Um, Cole Carter versus Darby Allen was good. I thought that was a great match. Uh, Athena beating the shit out of a blueberry for five minutes was fucking great. Um, but other than that, there was uh, very odd booking choices like the acclaimed finally calling out FTR, which they didn't even really call them out. Um, they just kind of came out and then they shook hands and that was the end of the segment. Wh- why? You guys know you have a Ring of Honor pay-per-view coming up on Saturday, right? And FTR are the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, and they haven't defended those titles in, like, I don't know, a year? Uh, So now they're going to wrestle the acclaimed for the AEW Tag Team titles next week on Dynamite, which is this week. Which is tomorrow. (laughs) On free TV, you're giving this match away. After like almost no build whatsoever, first of all. Um, But really, if you watch the show, you really don't need a build to see the Acclaim versus FTR. Because you know that match is going to bang. But you you have... And and, and we're going to get into the ROH card or what's available 
for the ROH card right after I get done talking about this horseshit. But you have a pay-per-view on Saturday. And you're, there's titles in that company that aren't being defended on the show as of yet. And I don't get it. Maybe, again, they have tomorrow's show and then they have another Rampage on Friday to, you know, add matches to this ROH show. Now, you kind of don't want to use Friday to book a match for a Saturday show. It's like, I have a pay-per-view Saturday, guys. I'm going to book a match that Friday night for the show. No, you shouldn't do that. That should only happen for the pre-show. So I'm assuming something is going to happen. Some kind of shenanigans is going to go down in this tag team match because you're 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 not going to you should not be beating FTR and you should not be beating the acclaimed right now. And you're putting them to wrestle each other for the titles. So something at, at best, I can say this is a must see match because I got to know what's going to happen. But I'm assuming some silly shit's going to happen because our the ROH tag team titles should be defended at the fucking pay-per-view. And they're not even on the card. The ROH trios titles. Don't even know where the fuck those things are. Shane Taylor came back out of fucking nowhere and challenges Keith Leaf to a match with a tag team partner I've never fucking heard of before. So... You know, again, this is what I mean when some very odd booking decisions from Tony Khan. But uh, we're going to get more into that now because I'm basically done talking about Rampage. So Ring of Honor final battle is this Saturday at I think the pre-show starts at 3 p.m. And the show is at 4, which is really cool because I'm going to an Impact Wrestling show later that night. So it's going to be a full day of the wrestles, which is something that I enjoy. So as of right now, this ROH final battle card has five matches on it. Five. A whole five matches. Now, I'm already annoyed because um, as I've talked about on this show before, I've been a Ring of Honor fan for many, many, many years. And these final battle pay-per-views, they're on the fight app. You can watch them there. I think if you pay, um, I think you can, the Honor Club is coming back, but I think if you go to, so I think if you go to ringofhonor.com, you sign up for the uh, the Honor Club there, you'll be able to link your account to Fight, and then you can watch all the archive Ring of Honor shit, including their pay-per-view. So if that's something you felt like doing. Um and those Super Card of Honors, Final Battles, uh, just really tremendous pay-per-views that um, when I look at a card like this, it kind of it kind of annoys me. But, you know, AEW bought Ring of Honor and Tony Khan is trying to wheel and deal his way to a new show from what I understand again, tomorrow he's supposed to have some kind of press conference about some stuff regarding ROH. So you never know what's up that guy's sleeve, but 
I just look at this card and I'm like, this is an AEW show, which is not a bad thing because AEW pay-per-views are usually very good. So you're going to get a pretty good show. Um, but I'm just wondering why there's only five matches on here and you have like <laughs> four days before this pay-per-view. I- I'm just, I'm not, I'm not understanding. And there's also some stuff on here that's like, huh? So I'm going to start from the bottom here and work my way up. So we have Swerve in Our Glory, which is Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland versus Shane Taylor and J.D. Griffey. Now, Shane Taylor is fucking awesome. Shane Taylor Promotions is fucking awesome. I don't know who J.D. Griffey is. I can't even find a picture of this guy online. So, you know, if you... So on Wednesday, it was a Wednesday or is it Friday? It was Friday on Rampage. On Rampage, one of the um one of the things in the one of the spots in the promotion of the show was we will hear from Swerve in Our Glory, which is Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. So then Tony Schiavone's back there and he's like, I'm here with Keith Lee. And then as of course he starts talking. He's interrupted by who else but Shane fucking Taylor. Now, I know who Shane Taylor is. Shane Taylor is amazing. But as you heard from the reaction in the crowd, not many people knew who he was. Now, again, I am a believer in if you don't know who this person is and you kind of want to know who they are, it's very easy for you to find out. All you got to do is open up your fucking phone that you're already looking at Type the name into Google. There you go. Or even better, type it into YouTube and watch a few matches. Now, is that a way to build up your television show? Probably not. That's probably not the way you want to go with that. Um, I'm a firm believer in prepackaged videos showing highlights and um, having these people talk and, you know, sell themselves to you. Instead of just having them pop up like, hey, I'm here. I want to fight you. Let's fight at the pay-per-view. See ya. And then they step off camera. Like, (sighs) so that was the build for that match. Basically, Shane Taylor shows up and goes, hey, what is it with you, Keith Lee, and leaving family? You left me six years ago, and you left Swerve, and you left this and that. So you know what? Let's fight. You and me are going to fight. Now, I thought it was going to be one-on-one, which would have been cool, but he decided to make it a tag team match. So we're going to have us a tag, good old-fashioned tag team match. Now, the match itself is going to bang. It's going to bang. I'm going to tell you right now, the match is going to bang. But uh, there's no, like, I mean, some people are like, oh, yeah, it's a six-year build because this has been building since, you know, old ROH and PWG shit, and it's like, okay, but this is, I know this is an ROH show, but this is like AEW ROH, so it's, it's, it's a different thing, but again, I'm gonna enjoy the match myself, but I've, I've, I, the booking is just, I don't totally understand it, but I'm gonna go with it, because Tony Khan has not fucked me over yet, um, the next match we have up here is the ROH Pure Championship, Daniel Garcia versus Wheeler Yuta. Now, 
Have we not seen this match enough times already? How many times have these guys wrestled already? I don't need to see it again. Now, that doesn't mean the match is not going to be good. Because it's probably going to be really good. Because these two can go. And they have a long history of fucking beating the shit out of each other. But... I... See, I'm torn, and maybe I'm not the right person. Is I kind of wish like um, Nick was here so he could kind of give me a fresh perspective on this because I'm looking at this from an ROH standpoint. Like, I want to see the Briscoes. I want to see fucking, you know, I, I want to see my ROH favorites. I don't know. I don't see Beer City Bruiser and Cheeseburger, but. You know, I I think of Ring of Honor and I think of a certain crew of people. Um, So it's like, I get it's a new, it's a whole new thing. It's a new, you know, it's basically a new promotion. You got new guys going on. So these are two young talents. I really shouldn't shit on it because it's probably going to be a really good match. Um, But it's just like, I I was going to say, why not like somebody whose name I can't remember? but that doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, guys like Vincent and uh, I can't remember this fucking guy's name and I want to say it so bad and I can't remember it. And I know some of you are probably thinking it. Purple hair uh, hangs out with Vincent, was just an impact. I can't fucking remember his name. But whatever. Again, Probably going to be a really good match, just not a match I'm, I was, like, expecting to be, you know, I, I, I kind of was, we've seen this already. Like, we're going to see it again. Um, ROH Women's World Championship, Mercedes Martinez versus Athena. I want this match. I want it. I'm eager to watch this match. This is probably my, probably my most anticipated match on the show. I want to watch this. I want to devour it. The way Athena's been beating the shit out of people lately, um, they've built her up in such a way where she is a credible threat to anyone's title. Um, I love Athena. I love her. I, I love her so much. Um, I also love Mercedes Martinez. She's the fucking OG badass. Um, she hasn't really been defending her title much, but when she does pop up, somebody gets hurt. So, And I don't mean that like actually hurt. I mean she fucks somebody up. Uh I think I haven't even picked any winners for this, huh? For this five card pay-per-view. <laughs> so uh, I think that Shane Taylor is going to win that match because I think Swerve and our glory is finally going to implode, which they should already because enough of this shit. Um, I think that Daniel Garcia is going to retain his title over Wheeler Yuta. And I think we're going to get a new ROH Women's World Champion in Athena. I really think that they would be, it would really be a shame for them to build Athena up the way they've been building her up the past month for her to just go out there and lose to Mercedes Martinez. I, I, I don't think that's what they should do. I think they should put a title on Athena. And I think that ROH Women's World Championship would look very, very fucking good on her. But then again, there ain't much that doesn't look good on Athena. Just saying. ROH World Television Championship match. <laughs> so this is what I mean when I talk about booking. 
Samoa Joe defending his title versus Juice Robinson. Now, on paper, I want to watch this fucking match all day. All day. I want to watch it. I, I, I want this match. Juice Robinson versus Samoa Joe. It's going to bang. It's going to be fucking hard. Pause. It's going to be physical. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be some real physicality. I'm with it. I'm totally with it. But why the fuck have you been building up a feud between Samoa Joe and Wardlow? And you don't have Wardlow trying to take this world television championship from Samoa Joe. Why? Why? Why is this happening? Why is Juice Robinson all of a sudden out of nowhere just coming in and going, hey, you know what? Uh, I want a fucking title shot and I want a shot at Joe's title. And you get it. Just you just get it. This is like the Goldberg shit. Goldberg, they fucking pry Goldberg out of his grave every fucking year and he gets a title shot. They're like, hey, Roman Reigns, I want to fight you. Okay, let's fucking do it. (laughs) It's like, where did Juice Robinson come from, bro? I'm a fan of Juice. He's the man. He's the shit. He's a fucking fantastic wrestler. And again, I want to see this match, but you you build up Samoa Joe and Wardlow. Joe takes Wardlow's title. So naturally, you would think, okay, well, motherfucker, I'm going to take your title then, bitch, at your pay-per-view. And they should do that and put the title on Wardlow. But uh, far be it for me to try to book a show, because I'm just a dumb mark. What do I know? But again... Tomorrow we have a show, and this is ba- it's basically the go-home show for this pay-per-view. So who knows what they'll do? Maybe they'll make this a triple threat match, and they'll throw Wardlow in there. I don't know, but that wouldn't really serve Juice Robinson well. And I, I mean, I wouldn't think Juice Robinson is going to go out there and beat Joe for the ROH title, but stranger things have happened and i actually wouldn't hate it so it's just but it's just like where's wardlow it's his world and where's he at i don't know and uh the last match that i have here listed give me one second i'm gonna take a drink of my drink because my throat hurts uh you see usually you have a nick here uh, pontificating on something, and I get to sneak my drinks in to kind of heal my throat from talking. So you're going to have to bear with me on that. But that's only one so far. I only did one, and we've been talking for I don't know how long, but uh, I only got one drink pause in there, so that's good. Um, the ROH World Championship. Chris Jericho, the champion, defends his belt against Claudio Castagnoli. Now, this has had a proper build. They have been building Claudio up. They've been, you know, Claudio's former champion. Uh, he lost the belt to Jericho. You know, it makes sense. I'm sure the match is going to be good. I just, honestly, I have no interest in seeing. Listen, Claudio is a strange case because Claudio, formerly known as Cesaro in WWE, as you all very well know, he is really good at what he does. He's a very good wrestler. He's 
probably one of the strongest dudes, one of the freakishly strongest dudes out there. Like, uh, you look at him and you wouldn't think he's as strong as he is. Um, many other wrestlers have said the same thing. Uh, he's got a cool moveset. Um, his gear's dope. His, you know, his 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 in-ring work is impeccable. And I've always said this guy should be given more of a chance to kind of be a main event player. And since he's been in AEW, he was the belt got put on him. And he, you know, he went out there and had some bangers. Um, I can't I can't speak ill of any of the matches that he's had. But I just bro, I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about Claudio Castagnoli. I don't care if he wins or loses. I don't see him as a world champion. Um, you know, he had that Ring of Honor title. First of all, I don't like that Ring of Honor championship at all. I don't. I know it's platinum. I know it's very expensive. But they need to go back to the old Ring of Honor world championship. I know that, you know, Tony's probably trying to avoid the similarity of all that gold with his belt from his company, but I can't, I can't deal with those, those fucking ROH tag team titles or those, or that ROH championship or the pure one either. But them just look, don't just look like fucking Walmart belts. Like they're like some shit you buy at Walmart for a fucking eight year old, bro. I, I can't with those belts, bro. Either redesign some new belts or, you know, get the old gold belts back because I, I can't fuck with those gold belts, bro. Uh, that and between that and the fucking paper mache AAA titles that are fucking FTR are carrying around, bro, like, they look silly. <laughs> I know they're supposed to look badass, each of them holding, you know, three different championships, but, you know... The only ones there that that really look good are the the New Japan titles. The the ROH belts look like shit. I'm very sorry, and those AAA titles look like shit. They look like they're made out of cardboard. Um, so again, going back to this main event, um, I see Chris Jericho retaining because I, what's the purpose of putting the belt on Claudio for what? For what? If you're gonna relaunch a show. If you're going to actually get a television deal, you're probably going to want Chris Jericho as your champion going into that, the start of that. And then from there, you build someone to challenge him. And then, you know, you have a pay-per-view, you crown your new champion because Claudio, I, Chris Jericho is money. He really is. The dude's in his fucking 50s. And he's in probably the best shape of his career. And he's out there still killing it. Doing crazy shit he has no fucking business doing. Um, and taking care of shit backstage, too. I got a lot of respect for that dude. Um, he really is a, is a team player, bro. And uh, I appreciate Jericho. So I feel like he's going to retain. But again, crazier things have happened. Now, I feel like they're going to add at least two more matches to this show um because aw tends to have really long shows i don't remember what the last the last pay-per-view how many matches they had i think they had eight 
So I would think they're going to add maybe two more matches to this. Plus, they're going to have a pre-show, which is probably going to have four matches, which there you'll probably see your Beer City Bruisers and Cheeseburgers, (laughs) people of that, uh, you know, people of that stature. So this will be an entertaining show for me for sure. I'm definitely going to watch it on Bleacher. And uh, I I mean, I kind of wish I could go to the theater to see it, but they're not having these at the theater, which is kind of a blessing in disguise because I don't have to go to the theater, watch that show, and then come back, then go to the Impact show. It's going to be too much, but um, I'd rather just sit here and chill and watch this show and then head out. So um, that's all I got for you for this final battle card. I mean, because that's all I got for you because that's all they've given me. And I need more, Tony. But uh, I'm assuming tomorrow we're going to get a couple more matches. And finally, to wrap the show up, I'm going to be going to the Impact tapings this Friday and Saturday because I bought um, the two-day because they came last year and it was only for one. I think it was only one show. Um, Or it might have been two and I just went to the one show. But this year I got tickets for both. So I'm going Friday and I'm going again on Saturday. Um. And I got really good seats and they were really cheap. And I'm hoping and praying that Jordan Grace is going to be there so I can get a picture with Jordan Grace. That's literally all I want. I just want to stand next to Jordan Grace, take a picture, tell her how much I love her and be on my fucking way. I'll be very happy with that. So, again, as we bring the show to a close, I wanted to go over some live rules with some of you. Because I don't want to point any fingers at any of you in particular. I know the wrestling fan base has a very long reach. And we all come from different cultures. And different backgrounds. And, uh, you know, some of us are not as financially well off as others. I completely understand that growing up in the Bronx. Um, But there's a couple things here that I consider non-negotiables okay these are live show rules that i'm going to give you i'm going to bless you with this knowledge now you take this and you do whatever you want with it but these are six non-negotiables that you should be abiding by when you go to a live wrestling show number one this is number one with a bullet actually this is number one with a fucking uh, uh, <clears throat> a partridge and a pear tree on top with the fucking star of David. For the love of God, wear fucking deodorant when you go to a wrestling show. I can hear Rob clapping right now when I say that. I can hear him clapping. You dirty motherfuckers, put on <laughs> deodorant. Listen. I don't want to hear it. If you can afford tickets to go to a wrestling show, okay? Because some of these things are not are, are kind of expensive. I mean, if you go to like a local show, it's probably pretty cheap. But if you're going to Raw, SmackDown, you know, AW shows, you want to sit up front and you, you're going to be paying a pretty penny. If you can afford that, before you go to the show, you can stop by Walmart. You can go to the fucking travel aisle. And for a, literally a dollar... A dollar. You can buy a little thing of Axe. You can buy a little thing of mouthwash. And you can buy a tiny little deodorant. Now, 
You don't like Walmart. You don't want to go there. That's fine. Take your ass to Dollar General. Go to the dollar store of your choice. There's Dollar Tree. There's Dollar General. There's, uh, I'm sure there's other dollar stores. Those are just the ones I'm familiar with. Go there and get you a dollar worth of deodorant. Now, listen, I understand that a dollar deodorant is probably not the best. But here's the thing. If you take that stick and you crank that shit up to where half of it is exposed and you slather that shit into your armpits, chances are you're not going to smell at the wrestling show. I don't need to be smelling your armpits at a wrestling show. You don't need to have bitches at a wrestling show smelling your armpits, bro. You are making, you are giving a bad example to every wrestling fan on the face of the earth when you do this bullshit. When you go to a show and you stink and you smell and you want to throw, you want to be the first motherfuckers to throw your arms up in the air and do diamond cutter signs and cheer and all that shit. Y'all want to be the first ones to throw your hands up in the air with yellow fucking stains under your armpits on your shirts. This is a non-negotiable. If you are listening to the show and you hear this, you must wear deodorant when you go to a wrestling show. You should be wearing it at all times. But if you're going to a wrestling show in particular, you need to be wearing deodorant. I'm, I don't give a fuck. This is repetitive. I don't care. I'm going to keep saying it. Deodorant, wrestling shows, they should go hand in hand. There's, there's no debating this. Wear fucking deodorant. Uh, second rule, leave your racism at the door, please. Uh, we don't need it. We really don't. It's 2022, bro. This racist, this racism shit. It, it, listen, we're all here to watch some amazing performers perform. Why are you racist? Why? Why? Why are you racist? It's, it's, that's dumb. Some of the greatest wrestlers right now in the world are of all different ethnic backgrounds. Why? It's not very oozy. Racism is not very oozy. Stop that shit. No racism. Leave that shit at the door. If you want to be a racist in your own personal time, great. But if you're at the wrestling show, you need to be, we all need to be in a great big circle jerk of fucking the wrestles and, and take that however you want. Uh, number three, treat the wrestlers with respect, please. Please treat the wrestlers with respect. Now, for example, I'm sitting here at my wrestling desk and I'm looking at a picture it's sitting right over my wrestling desk is a picture of me, Deanna Parazzo and Chelsea Green at last year's show. I have it framed because I love this picture. Now, if you look at this picture closely, and I have it on my Everything Podcast page, so you can go and check it out for yourself. If you look at this picture closely, and if you look at Chelsea Green's back, you see my hand back there, but I'm not touching her. My hand is, I basically am in between both these women, and I put my arms out to both of them, but I did not make any physical contact. I wanted to, but I did not. You know why? Because I have fucking respect for these women. Some of you guys who take these pictures with these women or men, whatever, um, and your hand is all up on the waist and grabbing and uh, you want to put both arms around some of these women and pull them in, especially you motherfuckers, you motherfuckers. 
who don't wear deodorant. Y'all want to be the first fucking ones to be touching somebody and be all up on them with your stinking ass. How do you think that makes the rest of us look when we come up? I'm already a fat motherfucker, so I already have that stigma of, like, I probably smell like manteca or some shit. And, you know, they're already going to be like, oh, God. And then when I step forth and they smell the deliciousness that's coming from my body, it immediately shuts their defenses down. Now, I could be a scumbag and do the full arm pull in, all that shit. No, bro, because I have respect and when I come, I come correct. To my left and right, I got bodyguards and in my wallet, credit cards. In my pockets, hundreds and more. I'll give them to your mother because your mother's a stunt. Sorry. That's that's milk D if you don't know. Um, watch your hands, okay? Treat the rest of us with respect and watch your hands. You don't need to be grabbing and pulling them in. It, 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 that shit is weird, bro. It makes them uncomfortable. They're paying for you're paying for a service, so they're trying to accommodate you. That doesn't mean you can just treat them however. Again, I want to see Jordan Grace. I'm dying to give her a hug. It's probably not gonna happen. <laughs> I want Jonathan Gresh to stretch me out. So I I just want to be able to tell her she's awesome, take a picture with her, and that's it. That, that's that's all I want. Um, no hands need to be involved in this. So you motherfuckers, you know, if you get permission, cool. But stop being fucking weird with the thing. I'm, the Becky Lynch picture is the perfect example. It you fucking dude got his arm around her and she's got the, her fist balled up like, oh fuck! I just punched this motherfucker in his face and, and and I feel for her. I feel for all these women. Um, rule number four: put your fucking phone away. If you're my number one pet peeve is people who sit in the front row. And are just texting away on their fucking phone. Bro, you paid top dollar to sit in the front row. And you're texting. Now, I don't believe you me. I take pictures and videos when I go to a wrestling show. Yeah, but I get them out of the way. Excuse me. Usually entrances and stuff like that. If something cool happens, I'll take a picture. But I want to watch the show. Okay? I don't want to watch it through my phone. I'm there. You're there. Watch the show. Why the fuck are you on your phone? This also goes for people at the NBA sitting courtside and you're on your fucking phone. Why? Two to three thousand dollars average for those seats and you're on your phone. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Put your fucking phone away. And lastly, uh, this is just a general practice, but uh, don't gatekeep wrestling. Don't do that. Don't do that. Last year when I was at the show, um, uh, the Bullet Club was there. Right. So Kenny King was there. Jay White was there. Switchblade was there. G.O.D. was there. And uh, it was a surprise. So they showed up and they were doing their thing. They cut us for cool ass promo. And then because they taped two shows when I was there. So the first show they cut a promo. The next show they had a match. And Kenny King was in there doing all kind of amazing shit. And there was this lady. With her boyfriend in front of me. And she was cheering and going nuts and she had her. Uh, two kids with her and um there was these there were these uh two well i'm gonna say but there's two indian kids sitting next to me i don't know why i felt the need to bring their race into this but there was two indian kids sitting next to me and the lady 
had said something. I don't remember exactly what it was. And I responded to her and we were kind of like talking back and forth and the match was over and Kenny King was on the fucking turnbuckle celebrating. And she's like, who is that? That guy's good. And I'm like, and I immediately I was like, that's Kenny King. And she, she like kind of got taken aback. Like, Oh, sorry. I don't know. She had no idea who anybody was. She literally just, I don't know where they bought their tickets, but she knew nothing about anything wrestling related. She was just there because she probably got the tickets for free. And she heard that it was family friendly. So she brought her kids to see some wrestling. She knew nothing about wrestling. And I felt like a dick because I was like, kind of like I tried to sun her when I didn't need to. And wrestling is for everybody, bro. Don't gatekeep it. Go, go to these shows. Enjoy yourselves. Have a good time. Take these rules that I've given you and go forth, my children, and enjoy all the wrestles. That is the message I wanted to bring for you today. And with that, we're going to end this show. I'm not going to waste any more of your time. I hope that you made it to the end of this show. If you like this content, please follow Wrestling is Trash on Instagram. From there, you'll be able to click on the link and follow everything Wrestling is Trash related. You can get our YouTube page, which this video will be on shortly. And you can get all our shorts on there. You can go to the Wrestling is Trash Twitter page to follow all updates. The Wrestling is Trash Instagram page will have all the updates for you. Also, I am Lou from the VX. I am one of your trash boys. And I thank you so much for joining us on this program. We hope to see you next week. And uh, we will be back in full force. But until then, peace, love, and all the wrestles.